0: Your film is now ready to be shown. Good morning. I'm Justin Hendricks, editor of Tech Policy Press, a nonprofit media venture intended to provoke new ideas, debate, and discussion at the intersection of technology and democracy. Lots of voices are calling for the regulation of artificial intelligence. In the U.S., at present, it seems there is no federal legislation close to becoming law. But in 2023 legislative sessions in states across the country, there has been a surge in AI laws proposed and passed, and some have already taken effect. To learn more about this wave of legislation, I spoke to two people who just posted a comprehensive review of AI laws in US states.
1: I'm Katrina Zhu. I'm a law clerk here at Epic, and I'm also a law student at the UCLA School of Law.
0: And I'm Ben Winters. I'm senior counsel here at Epic. I'm so pleased that two of you could join me today to talk about this report you've just posted on the epic website the state of state ai laws 2023 another of these occasional roundups of legislative activity that epic does these are always great and i think one that is incredibly pertinent at the moment looking at artificial intelligence and legislation that might govern it in different ways how long did this take to do you've collected a bunch of stuff here
1: So Ben gave me this assignment at the beginning of the summer, around May, and it took me all summer to track down some laws. I did a lot of research in May and June, and I was pleased to find that there were some other laws that came out in June and July as well. So it took me about three months.
0: Folks, of course, can visit this thing themselves, but you've got a broad set of categories. You've got laws going into effect this year, laws passed this year, Laws proposed this year, a bunch of different things focused on the specifics. If we zoom back out on the moon and we look down at the United States and its 50 states, what is going on with artificial intelligence legislation?
1: I would say that a lot of laws that have been passed and going into effect in 2023 are part of larger comprehensive consumer privacy bills. So a lot of these bills um, have general data protection requirements. Um, for certain data processors and controllers, um, and they also have AI provisions as well. Like they give consumers the ability to opt out of profiling or require impact assessments for controllers that are doing activities that have a heightened risk of harm, which includes some like AI and automated decision-making systems. There's a lot of laws being proposed in other states around specific industries, specifically employment, healthcare, generative AI, but we haven't really seen a lot of those laws being passed in 2023
0: yet. We'll get into some of the specifics as we go through the conversation, but maybe let's talk about just the laws going into effect this year. What are the key trends you're seeing about the things that are taking effect in 2023? And are there a couple of examples you'd share?
1: So specifically, we found six laws um, with AI-related provisions going into effect this year. Of those, five of them are part of comprehensive consumer privacy bills, specifically in California, Colorado, Connecticut, Virginia, and Utah. So for example, the Colorado Privacy Act is a pretty good example to look at. They allow consumers to opt out of profiling and also require an impact assessment for systems engaging in behavior with a heightened risk of harm.
0: And how about laws past this legislative session? How would you characterize the trends you're seeing of the laws that have made it their way through the state houses this year?
1: We found 12 AI-related laws passed in 2023, and of those, six were part of broader privacy bills in Delaware, Indiana, Montana, Oregon, Tennessee, and Texas. Aside from those, there were not many substantive laws passed on AI. There were some around task forces, some around commissions, some declarations about the harms of AI, but not much substantive there.
0: Are there a couple that you'd Point to specifically, a couple that were interesting to you?
1: I think one of them that was interesting to me was a law in North Dakota that was an emergency measure declaring that AI isn't a person. I just found that one pretty interesting. And aside from that, as I said, just some task forces that investigated the potential harms and risks of AI.
0: So that is HB 1361 in the 68th Legislative Assembly of North Dakota. I'll just read the, uh, the actual language. Person means an individual organization, government, political subdivision, or government agency or instrumentality. And this is an underline. The term does not include environmental elements, artificial intelligence, an animal, or an inanimate object. I'm glad we've got that clear in North Dakota. Are there other examples in this set that you found interesting?
2: One in Connecticut, S1103, is a sort of large banning bill. It takes some um, transparency measures in the state use of artificial intelligence and automated decision-making systems, which is something we've been calling for something for a while and something that Uh, The federal government is making incremental progress on it. But also in that same bill, they established an Office of Artificial Intelligence in the state government and endeavored to develop an AI Bill of Rights, uh, which is something similar to what the White House Office of Science and Technology Policy uh, published er, earlier this year. And that is not necessarily anything that will be actionable, but will sort of hopefully chart the path of what Connecticut will continue to try to do in both privacy
0: and AI legislation. Now, I suppose we'll get into what is perhaps the most uh, interesting area and the most diversity, certainly, in the ideas around laws proposed this legislative session. Uh, and of course, again, you know a lot of the laws proposed are a part of comprehensive consumer privacy bills, but there are a bunch of other kind of categories, at least according to your review. Let's talk about big picture. What, what are you seeing as far as the trends in this legislative session? What does it appear that state houses are most concerned with?
1: As you were saying, there are some proposed bills that are, again, part of comprehensive consumer privacy bills. But aside from that, we see focus on specific industries like employment, healthcare, insurance, government use of AI, and a lot of investigative bills searching or investigating the impacts of AI and setting up commissions and task forces and and things like that. What I was surprised to, to not see that much of is bills regulating like the general use of AI. There were a few. I think that most of the AI regulation was specific to certain industries that the legislators seem concerned about.
0: You mentioned that there are a lot of commissions and task forces and investigative groups being formed. So it sounds like we'll have a, a lot of white papers and reports and things to look forward to in 2024.
1: I think that they were varied. Some of the investigative commissions would investigate AI use in government specifically, and some of them would investigate AI use more broadly, specifically like impact on the economy or things like that. So there were a few different things that people wanted to look into.
0: Let's dig into a couple of these particular trends. You talk about regulation of AI and employment settings. I live in New York. Of course, we've just seen a law pass uh, that would make for the possibility of audits of essentially systems that select candidates for jobs. Uh, What other regulations for AI and employment settings are we seeing out there in the States?
1: Sure, so similar to the New York City law, there were a few states that proposed bills around regulating AI use, specifically with hiring decisions, but there were also some states that proposed bills that would regulate employee monitoring in the workplace itself. Um, Specifically, Massachusetts proposed an act preventing a dystopian work environment which would require employers to notify workers if they're being evaluated using AI. And it would also prevent employers from making important decisions like maybe promotion or firing decisions based solely on an automated decision-making systems recommendation.
0: So an extraordinary title again for this piece of legislation, Bill H.1873 in Massachusetts, an act preventing a dystopian work environment. So we're actually legislating against Black Mirror outcomes here.
2: And one exciting thing to see in some of these uh, bills around employment and insurance and healthcare is the recognition of the sort of life cycle of surveillance and automated systems used not just in the hiring process, but once people are in the job, um, in evaluation, firing, all of that stuff. And so it's heartening to see uh, these
0: proposals, um, especially ones that have fun names like that. I wish we had time to go through all these categories. You get into regulating AI and healthcare and insurance. But you mentioned earlier the regulation of the use of AI by government as being one of the areas of focus for these laws. Are there a couple of trends here that you're seeing, perhaps a couple of good examples?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So increasing transparency around the use of AI in government uh, is something we've been working on for five or six years uh, and have been uh, seeing a little bit more traction um, Some of the uh, task forces and commissions, like Katrina was saying, that were passed in past years actually had the sort of effect of creating uh, some transparency around the use of AI in government. But a lot of the most concerning use of AI in policing, in the criminal justice system, surveillance, in transit, have to do with government use. And it's long held that the government should have some sort of responsibility to its citizens. So I think that over corporations, the government use of AI is a really good place to start to like lead by example. And so we're seeing a reflection of that, not only at the White House and in Congress a little bit, but in a lot of these states, right? And so I think one of the strongest ones is California, A302. It has a inventory of all high risk automated decision making systems used by state agencies. And so that is similar to what happened in the Connecticut Uh, Bill. And so the Connecticut bill actually passed. So we'll we'll be able to see a version of that soon. Uh, But both California and Washington for several years have been proposing these bills that sort of do a few things. One, create this list online, basically, of like, here are all the ways Government is using AI and here's maybe some of the data we're using related to that. And then also creates a specific prohibition on certain uses that are discriminatory against folks. Particularly, again, we see that a lot in the use of facial recognition, in the use of any sort of emotional recognition, a lot of surveillance context, and definitely at the border, as well as public benefits. So I think that should naturally be the first place to get some movement. And as it's reflected, that's where the better
0: bills are than in regulating the corporate environment in general. It's interesting to think about, again, from my vantage in New York, you've got the Post Act here, which forces the NYPD, for instance, to reveal what types of surveillance systems that it's using, not just AI, but of course, many different things. Yeah. And that's been somewhat useful. As a kind of measure, having a list of the things, but it hasn't really resulted in any actual transparency or real public oversight of the use of those particular technologies in any meaningful way. I wonder if these lists or disclosure laws will have any efficacy in in the long run.
2: One tricky part of it is that disclosure and these inventories can mean a lot of different things. So sometimes they're just straight up a list, which sometimes we get the post act, honestly, you just get like a sheet that says we use facial recognition, whatever. But In the Washington and California bills, for example, there are sort of a series of questions that every agency would have to answer about the context in which a system is being used, the checks and balances around that within the office and the decision-making process, the data that they're using. And so that's the level of transparency that we really need to be able to help protect individuals from potential discrimination by their government. And you can't even start to bring some sort of challenge if you don't have that type of information, because you might get an adverse decision, but you don't even know where to start to challenge it. That level of transparency, that higher level is something, it's really wild that we haven't seen that yet, but I hope, I'm glad, I'm heartened to see a few
0: states recognize that in their bills. Well, these are, quote unquote, the laboratories of democracy. So perhaps we're learning something as we go here. Let's look at another trend, uh, regulating generative AI. Of course, hot on the scene, ChatGPT, November 2022. Some state houses have already got around to this.
1: Yeah, as you mentioned, some states have gotten around proposing bills to regulate generative AI. There aren't that many right now, I think around six, but I'm sure that we'll see more in the future and in future legislative sessions. One bill that I found really interesting was a bill in New York that would prevent production companies using state funds from using generative AI to replace a natural person. And the legislators have expressed that this bill is directly to protect screenwriters and actors' jobs, which I assume can only be from a lot of the movement that has been going on in Hollywood around not replacing writers and actors with generative AI.
0: I see two here. One that would require advertisers to disclose their use of synthetic media in New York. Yep. One that would require political communications to disclose the use of synthetic media. And then another, as you say, that would prevent film production companies receiving production credit from using AI to replace actors in their productions. Of course, production credits are a big tax incentive in in New York City, New York State. Um, So it's interesting to see that come along. And one other sort of trend we're seeing is
2: trying to gom on to some of the most impactful instances of generative AI. And so the New York A7106 that you just mentioned about disclosure in political communications, gets at the fact that, especially in these upcoming election years, generative AI used uh, misinformation regarding elections is going to be more and more uh, prevalent. And so we saw that uh, proposed at the federal level by Yvette Clark. And and there should be a little bit more than disclosure, but, but we'll take that. And then the other one that's really key is in Pennsylvania, H-1063, specifically criminalizes disseminating, basically, revenge porn. We're using generative AI systems to create what look like real nude photos of somebody. And there's been a sort of open question in state laws about what a photograph actually means when it's illegal to disseminate those photographs. And because that was a really long, big movement to get that by itself. And so if it's not actually a photograph of that person, are people left a little bit in a lurch? And so this bill in Pennsylvania endeavors to clarify that explicitly through legislation. And I know that there were discussions around introducing that in California and other states. That's one of the major things to check out for.
0: Are there things outside of the kind of key trends
2: that you've gathered that are worthy of note? I think just like overall, the trend is sort of being comfortable with, Transparency a little bit, which we have surged to see honestly since 2016, but more and more, especially with the popularity of generative AI. We're getting state houses more interested in saying, "Oh, hmm, how many? How do our state agencies use this? What are these generative AI tools, and how are they used?" I know at the federal level, there's all these boot camps and hearings and stuff like that that have proved very popular. And I know that state houses around the country are really trying to learn about it, learn about like how to actually cut through the different narratives, especially around the companies and that are focusing on this long-term existential risk. But now. Uh, You know, I think state houses are becoming a little bit more determined to find out and identify the current risks. And I think a lot of the other trends that I want to mention is that although generative AI is taking up a lot of the space around tech at the federal level, and as you see some in the state level, we are seeing regulating like the AI we were talking about for the last 10 years before November. And that's like the automated decision-making tools, the sort of simplistic, even tools that really affect people's rights, livelihoods, and being. And so I'm glad that states have not been completely hoovered up by that. And it's sometimes comforting to revisit and articulate that fact that even though it's sometimes all about generative AI rhetorically, the states are moving towards regulation more broadly.
1: Yeah, I also think in terms of outliers, a couple things stood out to me. First, there was more than one bill proposed around regulating AI use in gambling settings, which is just not something that like I mm-hmm. personally have thought about before, but specifically it would prevent data collected for people who were engaged in gambling to predict their behaviors, which makes sense. It's just something interesting to call out. And the second one is that there were a couple bills here and there that were around enabling AI use. I think that there was one bill to fund specific businesses if they were to invest in AI technologies. And there was another bill in California to investigate how the government could use AI, could leverage AI in improving their services. And I think that those stood out in terms of all the other bills that we've seen, like regulating AI.
0: In Illinois, you can be happy to know that there are laws in place to prevent data collection on gambling platforms to use to predict how a player might gamble. So Illinois out ahead of perhaps the rest of the states on that front. Any other weirdo bills that we missed?
1: I I think there were a couple that I found pretty interesting. Specifically, Massachusetts has a generative AI proposed bill that's titled, An Act Drafted with the Help of ChatGPT to Regulate Generative AI Models Like ChatGPT. And I just found that the irony that they use ChatGPT to call out the harms of ChatGPT and regulate ChatGPT to be a little, I, I just thought it was really funny and humorous.
0: bit of a stunt. I think we've yeah. seen that happen in a couple of different jurisdictions. Let me ask about all of these states in general, any kind of interaction with the federal government. You mentioned that Chuck Schumer's got this policymaking process. He's announced a set of hearings, we understand, for the fall. What do you think is the likely impact of all the state legislation on the federal picture?
2: I think just as we're seeing in the consumer privacy space, the more related bills that sort of come up through the state houses tend to put a little bit more pressure on the federal government to create some sort of standard, set some state of play. But- As I mentioned a little bit earlier, Schumer, as a majority leader, has sort of forced his way into this leadership role and has become a little bit of a gatekeeper for AI-related legislation and has really reiterated prioritizing innovation, which is troubling to hear over a lot of the harms we've discussed, but also prioritize that this is a big change and really require a lot of hearings and study and whatnot, which to one point, obviously, you want our lawmakers to be thinking carefully about this. And to the other point, the government has put out two Really great reports, one by OSTP and one by NIST in the last few years that have really thought about it. And so, one thing we keep repeating and want to at the federal level is hey, we already know what to do. We don't need all these education sessions. So, it's a little bit frustrating, but I'm hoping that a state movement
0: will sort of put a fire under some of the federal legislatures. I would personally agree and wonder why more lawmakers don't see the obvious connection to the necessity of federal privacy legislation uh, as part of preparing for our AI future. But let me just ask you another question. Any challenges, lawsuits, controversy about any of these laws that have been put into effect or have passed? Are we going to see any pushback? I
2: mean, for some of them, obviously, industry is not Uh, thrilled with having additional obligations, uh, or even forced transparency, because a lot of them see those ideas as uh, important uh, assets. But not many specific challenges, uh, especially the ones that are already passed. One that I will call attention to is a group of companies as sued, I think successfully, the California Privacy uh, Board to actually delay enforcing the California Privacy Rights Act regulations. Uh, And so I think that will basically push the date of um, enforcement back like a full year. And that's just sort of a lot of challenges on like very hyper specific administrative law in the weeds. And I think industry has lots of lawyers going through that stuff. So anything they can do to push back the date that they actually have to start is big. But we are seeing the impact of these big groups that represent companies being able to push voluntary frameworks, being able to push only transparency stuff and not actually getting on the clear red lines around use that would uh, jeopardize either current or future business paths.
0: I suppose I have one last question. You know, it's looking at the agenda for the National Conference of State Legislatures, which is coming up soon in Indianapolis this year. And there are multiple sessions to do with artificial intelligence um, and computing and technology more generally. Notice that a couple of the big tech firms are sponsoring those sessions, trying to make legislators aware of where the technology is going, that sort of thing. Folks like Google and Amazon, of course, in the room. Mm-hmm. Is the hand of industry present in some of these laws that you've looked at? Uh, can you sort of tell whether the industry is more or less getting what it wants?
2: Yeah. I mean, I think that it's not any <laughs> surprise or anything new to say that industry is extremely powerful in lobbying contexts, both as an industry actor but also as a government contractor. And so they play a big role in a lot of conferences of state legislators, um, which you know I think are good breeding grounds for discussion and talks among legislators from different states for regulation, the people that are really looking for to move that forward. But again, with any of these gatherings, we see uh, a lot of the influence of industry, like those two things you mentioned, two of the four total speakers among them are from Google and Amazon, who are both federal contractors and state contractors to the tunes of many millions of dollars, but also have a real stake in not having meaningful regulations. I think that they tend to create this sort of fear that they're going to stifle innovation, that they're going to get people away from putting data centers in their states, which are real moneymakers. And so I think that those sort of failed threats, for lack of a better word, of adverse effects to their state and the economy uh, is really what's keeping a lot of these bills fairly weak, fairly about the commission, study, task force level, because They are sort of being told that they don't get it, that they are going to ruin the consumer and economy experience and can't quite intervene yet. So we are totally seeing the impact of it, but thankfully not as explicitly yet as we see in the consumer privacy space, but I'm sure we will get there with more news.
0: Well, I thank you so much, uh, both for your labor in collecting all of this information and also for your time and talking to me today. Thank Thank you. you so much. That's it for this episode. I hope you'll send your feedback. You can write to me at Justin at techpolicy.press. Thanks to my guests, thanks to my co founder, Brian Jones, and thank you for listening. Tech Policy Press